Carmen, vamos a jugar un jueguito de ficha. Ey, échale agua. <risa> I'm Frida. Dominoes is the game that Cubans play. It's a must-have for a Cuban party. You can't throw a Cuban party without the ability to accommodate a good domino game. Dominoes is a game where you have 55 tiles. There's also 28, but most Cubans play 55. And the tiles all have dots on them. And you're supposed to match the number of dots on a table. Domino pieces are, mm, they are so satisfying to touch, aren't they, Oh my they, god, Carmen? domino ASMR coming them. right up, baby. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, I think that once upon a time, they used to be made out of ivory or pearl or marble. Now they're made out of resins and plastics, but they still look the same. They're typically like an ivory kind of color. Sometimes they'll have a design on the back. I guess I don't know which is the front and which is the back. Let's call the front the side that has the puntitos, like the little dots. Yeah. And usually these dots are indented. And that is because you are constantly rubbing that side of the domino up against the surface of a table and you don't want that to get scratched up or rubbed off. We, fun fact, have some stickers and some of them are dominoes and the long-term vision is to eventually have the entire 55-piece set so that you guys can play community dominoes on a wall or someplace public near you. But anyway, shameless plug for patron. Please join. To be honest with you, I can't imagine playing dominoes with anything that's too fancy because every time I play dominoes, like I'm ready to slam some pieces on the table. Okay, not me. But I feel like that is how you play dominoes. That is how you play dominoes and you have fun with it. You're like really interacting with these pieces. You're not just like gently putting them down. Sometimes it bounces <laughs> after that. That is one way yeah. to play. You can be someone who places it ever so gently. You can be someone who's screaming every single time they make a move. And you can be that person who hasn't spoken once since the game started. El dominó lo inventó mudo. That means domino was invented by a mute. And that's something that you get told as like a, a scold when you're just being too vocal about what's happening. Let's get into how you actually play dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> so Carmen mentioned there's a double nine domino style, and we're going to mainly go into that style because it's the most widely played. Um, we'll mention that in Santiago de Cuba, uh, other areas of Cuba, you can find people playing the double six. Yeah. But okay, so how do you play the rules of Cuban dominoes? Okay, so you're sitting down at the dominoes table. And the very first thing you need to do is you need to decide how far you want this game to go. You can play to 100 points, 150, or 200, whatever you decide, but you have to decide before you start playing. Once you decide how far you're going to go, and let's say you're going to play to 150, you probably bring out some way of tallying up those points. Because at the end of the game, whoever gets to 100, 150, or 200, whatever it is that you decide, that's the losing team. So the object of the game is to have the least amount of points possible. So you want to finish each round with either no points or the least amount of points. You've taken out your domino box, which is a nice slender rectangular case that holds all your dominoes. Maybe it's wood, maybe it's vinyl, whatever material you like. And you throw the pieces onto the table. You make sure that they're all facing down so that you don't see. Y, Carmen, ¿qué le hace? Y le echa agua. Le echa agua. Echale agua, which means <laughs> give it water. Throw water on it. You shuffle. 
And so whoever wants to puts their hands out in Mr. Miyagi formation and wax on, wax, wax off. on, wax off. <laughs> and you shuffle, <laughs> shuffle, shuffle until, you know, I don't know. There's like a magic point where you're just like, all right, we've, we've shuffled it. It's when and you've reached Zen. Okay. This is a very Zen, zen. activity. <laughs> I do love that feeling. It is very meditative. Yeah. Okay. So you finish shuffling and uh-huh. now everybody takes 10 pieces and they keep it to themselves. They put it in the tiny divot that comes in the actual table because remember we're using a proper domino table with four sides where everyone is sitting on one of the sides and you want to make sure that nobody sees your pieces because you don't want people to know what you're packing keep your heat (laughs) to yourself thanks this is how you decide who goes first one person from each team picks one domino piece from the center they turn it over and whoever has the domino piece with the smallest number on it that's the team that goes first so let's say i picked up the piece with the smallest number i get to go first i start the game and then the game proceeds clockwise so the person to my left gets to go next Well, if you're the first person to go and you have the double nine and you don't throw it down, you are some kind of chaos wild card that I don't know what your strategy (laughs) is because that's usually the first play. You want to play the double nine or your biggest, thickest piece. This is the time to botar todas las gordas. And this, that means, the translation of botar gorda means to throw away the fat. So that often, that's often the first thing that happens. Like, let's say you don't have the double nine. You're still throwing away your thickest piece because, like, there's no strategy to the game yet, really. Like, nothing's really happened. So you might as well not have too many big pieces waiting for you. So the way that Cuban dominoes are played is they're played in a string. They put one domino next to the other. And so each piece matches the next in terms of the amount of dots. So let's just go ahead and say that the first play was the double nine. So unfortunately, the next person that plays can only play a nine because you just played a double nine. So you know that the next person that's playing a nine is playing a nine and maybe say a five. So on one side, it's a nine. On the other side, it's a five. And the person after that needs to match a five or a nine and so on. And you make a string this way. You always place doubles perpendicular to the actual string. And you always play the string in continuous, basically continuous sequence. You never break it. So as we're going along the game, what ends up happening is a couple of different strategies end up emerging. Your opponents go before you and go after you. So whatever they're playing is going to affect you. And whatever you play is also going to affect one of your opponents that comes next. So there's a lot of observing that needs to get done in order to see what your opponent's trying to do, maybe what they're missing, what they have, and what you might be able to do to block the people that come after you and help your homie out who is right in front of you. That's your partner. Your homie That is, is your, your partner. partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so there's a lot that can go on depending on the skill level and your style of playing. Uh, and we're not going to get into all of the strategies, but I think the main thing is that you want to help your partner So whatever it is that they are not putting down, you want to try to catch that. And then you want to try to screw your opponents, which means that whatever you see them putting down, you want to block whenever you can. One thing that does 
end up happening is that sometimes really advanced players do things that feel like they kind of break that general rule, but they're playing like a much longer game. They actually managed to really keep track of what people have and what they don't have so much so that they can plan like many, many steps ahead. How does the round end? Okay, there's several different ways. One way is when everyone passes. And how do you pass, Frida? You go, tung tung. <laughs> that means boom, you don't boom. even have to say anything, but you pass by knocking twice on the table. It signals to everyone, que no llevas. I don't <laughs> carry, uh, which means you don't have any pieces that you can put down. You are at a standstill. And so when everyone passes, the game has effectively been locked up. Estás trancado. Estás trancado. Se trancó el domino. Another way that the round ends is when, and this is like the most satisfying thing ever, especially mm-hmm. if it's you. <laughs> it's when one person puts down their last domino. I love being that person. And that one, esa persona se pegó. That's what you say. When, <laughs> Me you, <pegué. laughs> when you put down your last domino. I, yeah, like you I stuck uh, it. glued myself. I got you stuck. You glued yourself. Because yeah. like you basically like you are sticking that last piece that you have to the end of the train and you're like that's it that's the only way you really win around the other way is the way to kind of skate by right yeah <laughs> like yeah but if you put your piece down you've played all of those pieces so masterfully that no one else has been able to get ahead of you yeah and so okay so what happens in the first case where everyone passes if everyone passes then both teams will reveal their dominoes and they will count the amount of points that is in their hand and they both write their tally onto the tally score sheet. So each team adds up the sum of all of their domino pieces. That is a score that ends up getting recorded for that team for that round and it is a score that you do not want to get anywhere near 150. Carmen, have you ever, is it possible to get to 150 in your first round? Hold on, mathematically speaking, I I don't know. I feel like it might be because I feel like there's a way to fail. Like that would have to be that it's not even that you failed. It's that you're playing with people who are so freaking good that they never gave you any opportunity. And also you are an idiot. Oh my God, Carmen, pobrecito. (laughs) There's someone out here listening to us who is that person. So one person puts down their last domino y se pega. What do you do in in the score sheet then? Only the team with the highest points, a.k.a. the loser, will write their tally onto the score sheet and the other team doesn't need to write down anything. If someone se pega, they get a zero for their team and it's awesome. After you have established a losing team, they typically get replaced by a new one to allow more people to play. So like we're talking about being at a party or being at a social gathering and multiple people want to actually play and the winning team keeps on playing. It can be exhausting to be good, you know? It, it's, you know, it's tough. <laughs> it's so tough <laughs> to keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so I remember being a little kid and one of the fun things about playing dominoes is that it's a very simple game so anyone can learn it. You can learn very, very young. The second that you're able to count, you basically can play dominoes and you you kind of like start to have an activity that you can participate in with the adults at parties and stuff. And not only that, but you get to actually interact with them in an intellectual way. And I feel like as a little kid, that was one of my favorite things, especially because when you're a little kid, you just don't give a shit. You're wild partying (laughs) all the way through and you're just like, let's see what you're going to do now. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember doing some stuff, and they'd be like, "Damn, Frida's got a plan." And I was like, "Um, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm just, I I'm don't. just seeing what happens." They're just like, "Wow, left field, right field. Where's she yeah. going now?" <laughs> mm-hmm. A way for people to be able to express themselves, or a way for people to be able to have some sort of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we can say it for games overall, but dominoes can be a very social game, and so when people get together and play dominoes together. They get to know each other, and sometimes it actually kind of means you don't really have to have conversation and play this quiet game of strategy and have fun with other people. Carmen and I talk so much about playing dominoes at parties, but what are the different environments that dominoes is played in? You can just be casually getting together, haciendo visita, and then you have a dominoes game. You can be in a proper party where this is a very important centerpiece and element of the party. You can be un viejo who wants to bitch about the revolution and you're going to Domino Park to, you know, do that. <laughs> um, there's, there's like Domino's tournaments. Frida's grandfather has won one every single year since he's yeah. been in the U.S. <laughs> one important thing that I have noticed is that I don't usually see a lot of women at Domino's tables. Yeah, it's really not as common. I think like a lot of times Domino's are played like outside with a beer, you know, yeah, and let's it's say like a like, man's uh, thing. Yeah, and so a lot of times like men are meeting up to play Domino's together. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to go play poker with the guys kind of mm-hmm. situation. And so at the same time, like, you know, every single time we're at a family thing, I know my grandmother sits down and plays, my mom sits down and plays, but it's just more so, I think, a bigger part of the social fabric of men keeping up their friendships with dominoes ver- yeah. versus older women. They have other things to do. They're like chismeando. But I've also noticed like there are many times that I observed women who were at dominoes tables like doing really, really well. I saw men sort of be surprised or act surprised that women could be good dominoes players and... I always kind of thought that was weird. And now I look back and I'm like... Yeah, it's called like sexism. (laughs) Yeah, and it's rampant. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks a lot. Not gonna lie. When we were doing research for this episode, we came across some archival articles in various different reputable news sources, such as the New York Times, where several women were interviewed about dominoes. These are articles that are published in the 70s, for example. So like a while Mm -hmm. ago, but like a lot of women have regarded dominoes to be a low class thing. Like high class women do not participate in dominoes games this whole like it's a men's game even to this day might be residual from some old school ways of thinking teresa mendes who was a woman interviewed by a new york times journalist george volsky in 1977 Mm -hmm. said a decent woman shouldn't play the game if someone were to ask me whether i do i would regard it as an insult yeah, so <laughs> an insult. <laughs> you know, and this is a this is a problem across the board. I observe in, you know, the Cuban community where there are decent things for decent women and decent men to do and there are indecent and insulting things that people can participate in and yeah, this is one of them. Uh, you know, according to Teresa Mendes in 1977, I would argue that the sentiment has softened but considering that women aren't calling each other up to be like 
oye, es sábado, ¿quieres echar un jueguito de ficha? I think that this is still something that's alive in some way. When I think about women of, of our mothers and our grandmothers' generation, do you envision them ever, and at least for my family, I do not envision them ever relaxing and getting together to do something casual and just for a drink. Because mm -hmm. even women of my mother's generation Absolutely are not. cleaning the house on a Saturday. They're getting everything together. Like they've got lots of responsibilities. And if they're going to be meeting up, it's to have like a conversation. But it's not to kind of like lay back after work. You know, that's a thing that men get to do. Whether I'm right or wrong about that, it just, it feels like it fits into the picture. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember seeing women ever getting to together to have a drink or in that and I, okay and I say drink I don't mean like a beer because I know a lot of Cuban women who think that even having a beer unless it's like a special occasion like a party is not like a thing a woman should do like women don't drink and men drink a lot I'm aware that one of the only reasons I think my mom drinks pretty comfortably and like likes to drink just recreationally is because When she did, and this is a side note, when she did Trabajo Voluntario, mm -hmm. like after graduating, where she did had to do some mandatory work where she was in charge of a factory, mm -hmm. she worked with a lot of factory workers. And so the way she connected with them was like going to the bar. That's how she became like one of the guys. Yeah. And so unless you're in like one of a particularly special situation, I don't think it's like that common in, in Cuban, Cuban-American culture for women from a past generation to be drinking. Yeah, no, let's definitely. not talk about this generation where everything is different. Yeah. <laughs> My mom would be mortified if she knew how much I drank. <laughs> anyway, I think that dominoes fit into, they don't exist in a vacuum. They're no. not just a game. No, no, absolutely. How did it even reach us? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, so let's go. Let's, this let's is rewind a question. A let's just rewind like, a lot, actually, a lot of it. Years, decades. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. So here's the thing, guys. There's no confirmed date or country or culture or peoples that can take credit for the game of dominoes as we're describing it. We know that there is something akin to it uh, that came up in the Song Dynasty in China. We know that something entirely different but still related to it i cannot even tell you how it's related to it because it's very murky to find details about this but we know that something akin to that also appeared in italy at some point but how it got to cuba is a big fat question mark and most importantly how it came to be known as dominoes like that as a name is also a big fat question mark And we found <laughs> a lot of research and books on specifically the Yoruban culture getting involved in dominoes in divination. Yeah, so we found and definitely went down a rabbit hole of oh, yeah. like, there was an entire instructional book that describes how you might be able to tell fortunes using dominoes. It's called the Yoruba Domino Oracle by Carlos G. Y. Poena. And it's basically a manual on how to read a person's fate based on basically turning dominoes over in the same way that you would read tarot cards, but they're using dominoes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't read the whole thing, but it was very similar. And when we say Yoruban, Yoruban culture, the culture of Yoruba, which is a ethnic group in Nigeria, and also has a huge influence in Cuban culture. 
A lot of Afro-Cubans are also Yoruban. Santeria, which is a Afro-Cuban religion, and there's many Afro-Cuban religions, but one of the Afro-Cuban religions, Santeria, is also connected to Yoruba gods. So finding that dominoes is used as part of like Santeria is really interesting because finding dominoes like being integrated into another part of Cuban society. So a question of whether it came from European, Chinese people, or from Africa, I don't know. We don't know. We really weren't able to figure it out. (laughs) The thing about all of this is that it's incredibly difficult to know what is truly like natively Cuban due to colonialism. It's difficult to even know who brought what, when it was brought, and how it morphed once it got to Cuba. We can't say, but we know that Domino's has been around for as long as we can remember generationally. And if you know the origin of Domino's in Cuba, hit us up. Yes, please. Like, if you know anything. (laughs) Please let us know. And I think the most interesting thing to find is if there were various different origins and it just became, like, really popular. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to actually know if there's any reasoning on how it became so popular, how it became so prominent. (laughs) Well, Frida, so one interesting point that I would love to mention is that, so I spent some time living abroad, specifically in Southeast Asia, I saw a lot of domino games happening. Granted, I didn't speak the language. I did see very similar styles of games using the same pieces happening, whether or not they're called dominoes, whether or not the rules are the same. The point is that I saw it happen a lot and it was always men. It was always late in the evening and there was always beer involved. Just like Cuban. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So I... I don't know exactly where it came from, but I feel like this is something that is not uniquely Cuban. It's just no, it's not (laughs) one of those factors of Cuban culture that is so strong and such a common denominator against all of us that it's worth it to own it in some capacity. A lot of people from the Caribbean overall play dominoes, and it's a big part of their culture too. From The Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, at the very least. It would be cool to learn from all of you if you have any particular like version of dominoes that you like to play. If in any way the way that you play dominoes is different from the rules we described. If you want to hit us up and play a virtual domino game, we with are us. totally down for that. We Let are actually know. trying to figure out the logistics of that. Pivoting away from all of this, you know, we're talking about all of the features having a different name, about all of these phrases. Let's get into some of them. Yeah, so if you want to be in the in group, <laughs> which is the group <laughs> that somehow that knows what to say, knows what to call different things. <laughs> yep. Sometimes, like when you're first playing, you're just like, "What the hell is everyone saying? Like, what does this mean?" And then you eventually, you know, you catch it. So I, on the one hand, recorded my grandfather when I visited Miami, and I asked him to walk me through what he would call all of the different features and dominoes in different regions of Cuba, in different neighborhoods, just different groups of people. They're going to have a lot of different names for every single one of the features, but a ton of them are super recognizable and there's enough in common that people know what different things mean. Yeah. We have my grandfather as reference, we have our own memories, and we also have the internet. The internet. (laughs) Where we were able to compile a couple of things thanks to some bloggers out there that put some things together Yep. so we can have some examples. Let's start off with zero. So the double zero is La Blanca, and that's because there's nothing there. It's just blank on one side and blank on the other side. Yeah, and Blanca means white because when you don't have anything on it, The features are usually white. It's just white. Yeah. And then the next one is the one. La puntilla. 
The puntilla is a nail or a tack, and that makes sense because you have one dot on one side, and that's kind of like the nail going through. There's a couple of other names we found online. El unicornio, which is the unicorn. Uh, la uña, el solitario, which is the solitary one, because, you know, it's all there on its own. Lunar de Lola, which is the beauty mark of Lola. <laughs> I like that. Next is two. Number two is in honor of El Duque Hernández, who is the Cuban-born Yankees player, El Duque. Duque sounds like two in Spanish. Trillo la Mayin. Trillo la Mayin. Well, trio means three or trio. La Mayin, que se yo. Yeah. Trio Matamoros, which is a really popular Cuban trova group during like the 1920s and 30s. El Triste. La Triba. Oh. Which is also really funny. Tripa's your gut. So I really have no idea. But it's tri. But Carmen, tri. T-R-I. Literally just because it sounds like tres. Tri. Tri, tripa. Well, Trio. maybe, yeah. And then there's tribiling. Tribiling. Oh, that was the name of my old dog when That's, I was in Cuba. I've heard that a lot, actually. That's the three that I know. Be like, you, you put down a three and be like, tribiling. <laughs> Ay, tribiling. He protected me so much when Ooh, I was little. baby. Number four. Cuartel de bomberos. Cuatro mil Cuartel de bombero. So that means four, you know, four firefighters. Cuatro mil patos solo quedaron. Oh my God, that's what that four is. Four thousand ducks remained. <laughs> <laughs> el cuarto de Tula, which is actually one of the most oh, popular songs. El cuarto songs. de Tula. Yeah, of Cuban music. Quintín el amargado. Quintín el amargado, yo me estaba hablando. Okay. For five, we have Quintín el amargado. Which is uh -huh. literally some guy's name. Quentin. So this means Qu Quentin the bitter one. Yeah, or actually I have here, according to the internet, Quentin the flag. I don't know what that is. Quintin bandera. So this is some guy in history who's known for being like some asshole. And so he ends up being a domino. We also have, according to the internet, sin comer no se puede vivir. Sin Cinco. Sin comer. Sin so cinco comer. is five. You know. So clever. I love that stuff. Sin comer. No se puede Sin queño pati plomo. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but those are some for five. Let's keep going. Number six. Viene seis y dice sexto. Sexto nacional. Seibamochi Carolina. I know. You just hear your grandfather say this and you're like, yeah, okay, okay. But I like um, this one on the internet. Se hizo el loco. Again, seis. Seis is how you say six. Se hizo el loco. I love the play on words. He made believe that he was crazy. Sixto Batista, which is not to be confused with Fulgencio Batista. Sixto Batista was a Cuban military officer and politician that fought alongside Fidel Castro. And his name is used by elderly players who lived the revolution. Septiembre, el mes de las calabazas. Septiembre, el mes de las calabazas. September, the month of... Pumpkins. We also have El Honor de un Hombre and Siete Mil y Más Murieron. What does that mean, Frida? 7,000 or more died. <laughs> it's like an announcement that you make. So when you're playing it, you're like basically making the announcement. It's also known as La Peste or the Plague or the Stench. For some reason in Cuban culture, it is thought that the number seven can be unlucky, especially in dominoes. Maybe that's why you say siete mil y más murieron. That's, maybe that is know. why you say siete mil y más murieron. I don't know. Octavio Rubio, Ochoa, el muerto. 
Ochoa. Okay, on yeah. the A, we have Ochoa el Muerto. So, Ochoa is a figure in Cuban history. It refers to Arnaldo Ochoa Sanchez, who was a prominent Cuban general executed by the government of Fidel Castro mm -hmm. yep. after he was found guilty of a variety of crimes. Yep, including drug smuggling and treason. So, he's Ochoa el Muerto. Or you could do number eight, Ochung, which is going back to Rio Rubin culture and Santeria. Ochung is a one of the, the deities in the pantheon of the Santeria religion. Yes. She's the goddess of divinity and fertility, baby. Mm -hmm. Beauty and love. <laughs> okay. In nine, I have my grandfather saying nueve mil y más murieron. So it's a variant on the siete mil y más murieron, but adding a couple more deaths to it, 9,000 and more died So for nine. So those are some of the nicknames for the pieces, but we also have fun phrases that you can say while you're playing or to describe some of the things that are going on in the game. So maybe we should get into some of those, Frida. Échale agua. Échale agua. So that one is when you're shuffling, you want to throw water into it. So shuffle it well, okay? You want to you wanna mix things up really well. Then you also have darle base. Darle pase is you sometimes use that to encourage someone else to play a piece that will make the next person pass. Yep. Tocar means to pass. Me quedo, which is when you're making a neutral play. And what a neutral play looks like is you have a two on one end and you have a two on the other end. So your choices are you play a two or you play a two. And what you choose to do is play a double two, which means that you're not changing the game in any way. That's a neutral play. And you say, me quedo, I'll stay here. We also had mentioned already trancado, which is trancado just means when no one has a feature that they can play. And so you end up having to stop. There's está agachado. Which means you're hooked. And that's when you know someone has a domino that can be played, but they're holding out on it to surprise their opponents. That would be me. <laughs> um, another one is la capicua, which is when your last domino can be played on one side or the other. That's the, that's my favorite way to pegarme when i'm just like oh my god because it meant, it? it meant that you had thought through everything that is like yeah like the dopest play ever it ever. is you're like you're because such it a meant boss you like you're planned like, it out you could have won either way either oh. or sometimes oh. it happens by luck but most of the time you don't get there unless you planned it and when you get there it is oh my god it's domino heaven it's so delicious to like that's the sweetest victory because you're like where, you want me to, where do you want me to put it? I will put it anywhere you want. It's so satisfying. It's my favorite. Another one yeah. is Boyona. La Boyona. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so nasty. Uh, it's like a chicken. Uh-huh. Yeah, what does it mean, Frida? When the losing team finishes with zero points. Mm -hmm. So, like... <laughs> Ah, I think my grandfather calls it zapatero. He says zapatero, which, which basically means a shoe polisher. Then there's also my favorite, estoy en la playa. That's when you've drawn, at the beginning of the game, you've drawn your pieces and you're looking at what, you've, what you're working with and you see a bunch of low numbers. So you're at the beach, that's what that means, estoy en la playa, because you have low numbers. Oh my god, well Carmen's always at the beach <laughs> as much as she can. <laughs> I wish. And mentally, um, mentally. Mentally. And then another really good one is 
When you're about to introduce a number that hasn't yet been played, or even honestly, I've even heard it when you're going to do something unexpected, you say, voy a poner la fresca, which is, I'm going to freshen this up, I'm going to make it fresh. Matar cabeza, when one team catches on to your strategy. Matar cabeza means killing head or killing your mind. So pretty much it means that like you, you put a lot of thought into it, the other, the other side pretty much figured out your strategy, you know? Yeah, basically. So, all right, so all in all... This is a whole culture. Did you see? This is a whole entire language, whole entire Mm -hmm. way to talk and talk back at each other in domino speak. So it makes sense that a lot of art, (laughs) a lot of Cuban art includes dominoes. People have used dominoes to euphemize or make hyperbolic statements about other things going on in society and art. So one thing I saw a few years back was an artist who took the faces of Fidel Castro and El Che and then put those instead of the double nine or instead of the eight. Why? Because you want to get rid of those pieces as soon as possible. We just finished an episode with Asiel Babastro, mm-hmm. <laughs> director true. of Patria Vida. And one of the iconic lyrics in that song is Tu cinco nueve, yo doble dos, sesenta años, trancado en domino. So you're playing 59. And I'm playing double two. We've spent 60 years trancado, so, you know, being unable to play in Domino. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We love you all. Thank you to our patrons, Jesse, Kellis, Yvette, Josh, Daniel, Jason, Karina, Suli, Sarah, Kristen, Amaury, Kaylee, Lauren, Catherine, Salia, Susan, Jose, Ryan, Andy, Derek, D, and Peter. Woo! You're amazing! Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Take It Easy Pod. You can also email us at takeiteasypod at gmail.com if you have any questions. And we hope to play dominoes with you all so, so soon. Echale agua. Cogelo con Take It Easy, folks. Cogelo con Take It Easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.